I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, Episode 30. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Last week, our song talked about emptying ourselves and filling that new emptied place with more of God. This week, we follow that same line of thinking and we're going to use Laura Story's song, I Can Just Be Me. It's a wonderful song, and it reminds us to shed the roles that were really not intended to play and let God be God because we are not. I've been doing all that I can to hold it all together piece by piece. I've been feeling like a failure, trying to be braver. I could ever be it's just not me I have to admit I've always liked this song but this week it just makes me want to cry and I know I've probably just lost most of my male listeners but I'm just trying to be real I'm a crier but I'm a girl with a lot of connector points I heard a metaphor one time that we're a lot like Legos And some of us only have two connector points before we're full, and others have a lot of multitude of connector points. And I'm a girl with with a lot of connector points. I can handle a lot. I can accomplish much. I'm pretty driven. But sometimes there's just there's just a weight in life. Do do you ever feel that? For me, this week, uh, I believe that this weight is truly a spiritual one. We're working on a big project at work that's going to benefit the school that I work for and benefit needy children in Haiti and Liberia, and the enemy is all over it. And so when the song says, I've been doing all that I can to hold it all together piece by piece, I'm feeling that right now. The part about feeling like a failure, Mm, yep, that too. Trying to be braver than I could ever be. Yeah, that that too. And so my weight is a spiritual battle. But what about yours? Is it a is it a habit, an addiction, a relationship, a character trait that you long for God to change, a career decision, a big move, a big stay, a loss or a sadness? Sometimes we we get to the place where we are so poured out where we are so spent that we truly are empty. And then just last week, we talked about filling our empty places with more of Him. But if we're not careful, we can fill those empty places with our perception of who God is and not actually God Himself. And I love that this song 
lists out so many names of our Heavenly Father. Because I want to encourage you that once you begin to understand His names, the names of God, you can fully understand who God is because His character is reflected in His names. Just right here, we see God as healer, comfort, and peace. Because we can be broken and needy and frantic, can't we? So let's start at the beginning. Where in scripture can we find God as healer? Well, in Exodus 15, God says, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now the Hebrew word here for heal is Rapha. God is our Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. So let's pause here. I want to explore this verse in context. And just as a reminder for those of you who might be new to the podcast, I I really dig context. And just to define what that is, the context of Scripture often means that we're going to explore those verses or chapters around the section of Scripture that we are studying. And this helps us to be sure that we are not interpreting God's Word incorrectly. You know, sometimes when you pull something out of context, you've had somebody do that with you in a conversation where you've said something and they pull that one thing out of context and run with it. Just just watch the morning news. It happens all the time in politics. Somebody will just take some one sentence out of context and then just go crazy with it. Well, people do that in scripture as well. So they'll take a scripture and they will either claim it as a promise for themselves or or beat somebody over the head with it, and they don't really understand what the what the original context was, who it was written to, what it was meant to say in the historical context, um, everything. So today we're going to not look as much at the historical context, although the scriptural context will give us the historical context. But we are going to explore. We're going to, you know, we're we're reading a verse out of Exodus 15 about God being our healer. So I want to kind of look and see what those, that's at the end of the chapter. Let's see what happens at the beginning of the chapter. And when I look at Exodus 15, I see that it begins with the song of Moses and Miriam. Now, I know this because that's what the header in my Bible says. And so if you're very familiar with God's word and you kind of know all the stories, you can use these headings in your Bible to just help you get your bearings um, in the bigger story. But if you're new to God's word and you're not really sure, you, maybe you haven't read the story before of, the, of this is what we're reading today. Maybe you've never read this story. You can still use those headings to provide a type of outline to help you kind of discover the cliff notes of where you are in the story. Now, sometimes by reading those headings, it might draw you to the beginning or make you start at the beginning just so you can fully understand what's going on. If you feel that draw, 
give in. <laughs> There's just no right or wrong way to interact with scripture, but I don't want you to be legalistic about reading a certain amount each day or only reading in certain areas. If you feel drawn somewhere, that's the Holy Spirit saying, come on over here. I've got something new to show you. Just go with it and let him pull you in. So I know that the song of Moses and Miriam happens right after the Israelites cross the Red Sea on dry ground and the Egyptians all drown trying to chase them down. And if you don't know why they're crossing the Red Sea or why the Egyptians are chasing them, I encourage you, start at the beginning of Exodus and you will really get drawn into this beautiful story. But when I glance at the song that they're singing, because this is like a song of celebration, isn't that great that they would write a song, uh, as we all love music, to really celebrate this, um, to celebrate God and to celebrate what just happened. And when I glance at the song, I see that they already have a pretty great understanding of who God is, because in this song, they recognize him as strength. And defense and salvation. They call him my God and my father's God. They they are reminded that he is a warrior. They call him Yahweh, the Lord. Majestic, holy, awesome, wonder worker. He is exalted and worthy of praise. All that is in that song. And so that's a song worth spending some time in. If you go nowhere else, you could just hang out in Exodus 15 in that song and maybe get to get to know God in the ways that these people who just experienced him in a significant way know him. And so my question to you is, do you know God this way? Have you have you seen him that way? Well, unfortunately, for the Israelites to truly see God in all of these uh, facets of who God is, they had to be enslaved for 400 years and be chased down by Egyptians on chariots. So they experienced a tremendous miracle. The Bible says there was a wall of water on their right and a wall of water on their left. And they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. It wasn't muddy. It was dry. And I would be singing and dancing too. But sometimes those greatest moments of praise and the greatest revelations of who God is come at a time of great personal tragedy or a time of great personal stress. Let me say that again. Sometimes the greatest moments of praise and the greatest revelations of who God is come at times where where we're experiencing personal tragedy or just tremendous stress in our own circumstances in our lives. So back to the area where we see God as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, because I know that I'm going to have listeners that need God to be the God who heals. Well, after this marvelous miracle and spirited song service, they spend the next three days, the Israelites do, without water in the desert. Now, this is not only miserable, but this is dangerous. And and I'm sure that they were very confused. I mean, why would God bring us out to die in the desert, and they actually ask this later on in scripture, but when they come upon a water source, then the water ends up being bitter. Are you kidding me? So they do what every human naturally does. They begin 
to complain. And so they, they start to grumble and they don't even grumble against God. They're grumbling against Moses because Moses is their leader. Isn't that interesting? Moses had nothing to do with it. He was just being obedient, but that's where the complaints were landing. And Moses cried out to God and God provides another miracle. And in verse 25, uh, it says that the Lord showed Moses a piece of wood. Okay. Moses takes the wood out of obedience, throws it in the water, and the water becomes fit to drink. So interesting. Then comes our verse. And well, first actually comes this statement. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. Hmm. Then he says, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now, the next verse tells us that they then come to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. So they came upon abundant provision after this uh, revelation of who he is and this instruction that was designed to put them to the test. So let me get this straight. Amazing, mind-blowing miracle followed by period of extreme discomfort, even possibility of death, followed by a teaching miracle that comes with instruction and warning and further revelation of who God is, and then abundance and provision. Think on that for just a little bit. But our song, back to our song, it cries out for God to be healer. It cries out for him to be our comfort and our peace. I got a little sidetracked on healer, but you can look up verses on God as our comforter and our peace. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, God is the God of peace, and it's not the only one. John 14.26 in the King James Version calls the Holy Spirit the comforter. So uh, if you go to BibleHub.com, B-I-B-L-E-H-U-B.com, and you type comforter in the search engine and then choose the concordance, you're going to find 14 occurrences that you can explore about God being the comforter. And if you type in words, the words God and peace, so those two words, God and peace, you will find verses that speak of God's peace and even a link to the place in Judges where Gideon declares God as Jehovah Shalom. Yahweh is peace. So, You can use these stories in scripture to get to know who God actually is so that the enemy cannot convince you otherwise. If you didn't get to listen to last week's episode, I highly encourage you to do so. It's really talking about how the enemy of our soul from the very beginning is trying to get us to doubt who God actually is and what he has said. And so... The way that we combat that is to know who God actually is and what he actually says. But don't forget, God will sometimes use your circumstances to reveal a new characteristic of himself that you would have never fully understood without going through what you're going through. Now, ultimately, our song cries out, be my God so I can just be me. What a wonderful prayer. You know, we try to be our own strength. We try to 
be our own provision, especially here in America. We are, you know, it's a badge where we provide for ourselves. We even try to be our own healer and our own comforter, or sometimes we use other things to bring us comfort. Uh, and that's where sometimes we get led to addictions and things like that. And what we're doing through all of this striving is trying to take on a role that God never intended us to take on. In fact, he wants to be those things for us, but we haven't allowed him to be those things because we keep trying to do it on our own. Now, perhaps we just don't really know him well enough yet. It does take time to get to know someone intimately. And so if you're a new believer, just give yourself time and some breathing room to get to know your father God. But it is a good first step to let go of those roles that he wants to play in your life and just be who he has called you to be, his obedient child, his follower, and his friend. I love where the song takes us next. Just not my home. I've been holding on so tightly to all the things that I think that satisfy my soul. But I'm letting go. I'm working on a Bible study right now about belonging. And so this lyric really jumps out at me when it says, I've been living like an orphan, trying to belong here, but it's just not my home. And we, we truly need to grasp that we don't belong here. This world is not our home. Hebrews thirteen fourteen actually says, this world is not our home. We are looking forward to a city in heaven, which is yet to come. So if we can let go of our striving and quit trying to get the pleasures of this world to fulfill the role that God wants to play, we can find true satisfaction even in the midst of our trial. Now, our best bet is to focus, to really fix our eyes on who God is. Father, warrior, king, ponder those names. What would your relationship with God be like if you truly began to see him this way? If you truly began to experience him in this way? Later in the song, Laura goes on to seek God as her savior and her lifeline, her everything. But I love the bridge. desperation in her voice and in the lyrics. And some of you may think that that you're too far gone. 
that you might be able to let God be God, but that it would be an absolute disaster if he let you just be you. And you're so unhappy with you that you can't even get past that line to relate to the song. And the truth is that understanding who God is and allowing him to play the roles that he always intended to play will systematically tear down some walls that you've built up. And those walls have been keeping you from being moldable. And you're not yielded to the master's hands because of fear. And the fear comes from not completely understanding how good God is. But I want to encourage you. God sees you and he knows you and he loves you just as you are. But sometimes he will allow us to come to a place of absolute desperation so that he can have access to our lives to mold us and shape us into the me that he always intended us to be. God is unchanging, but thankfully we are not. And if you think you're too far gone, I want to encourage you with some words that I read this week by Stacy Eldridge. She says, the fact that we long for the change we do is a sign that we are meant to have it. Our very dissatisfaction with our weaknesses and struggles point to the reality that continuing to live in them is not our destiny. And finally, I love how Ken Davis with New Release Tuesday, uh, he's the one that writes a lot of the behind the song. I, I linked them in the show notes, like the stories behind the songs. He interviews the artists just to see what they were thinking when they were writing the songs. But uh, he sums up this song when he says, This song represents the truth of the Christian walk. You die more to yourself and more to your pride and ambition every day when you're a follower of Jesus. That's what Jesus asks of us when he says, Follow me. When you drop everything and follow Jesus, you need to die to yourself, and that's when you truly live. Jesus calls us to have life and life abundantly in him. You can drop the pretenses and roles that aren't really you and just be yourself when you've abandoned the work of trying to be good enough or trying to change someone. Rather than trying to be manipulative and controlling, we need to just be ourselves and let God be God. Trying to pretend you are someone you aren't is exhausting. Jesus doesn't ask us to cover our weaknesses. It's through our weaknesses that his power is made perfect and he makes us strong in him. Now that's cause to celebrate the freedom that this song proclaims. I can just be me. Amen to that. So what's next? Well, I want to challenge you to a more academic approach this week to interacting with God's Word. And I challenged you earlier to head over to BibleHub.com and search for some scriptures related to God being comforter and peace. Would you commit to that? Better yet, pick a name from this song or just from your experiences with the Word that just means the most to you, a name of God that means the most to you. Search out what the Bible says about those names of God. And then kind of read around in the context of the verses that you find. Now, if you find yourself getting lost in the context and the stories surrounding the scripture that you find, smile. God is bringing you to a place of delight in his word. While you're there, while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Hop on Twitter at Michelle Nizat or Facebook. Uh, My public page is Michelle L. Nizat. Let's talk about what you're learning or leave a comment on this week's show notes, michellekneesat.com forward slash 30, or you can even email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com.
Now, just a few quick announcements before we leave. I create free memory verse resources for members of my email list. So I would love for you to subscribe today. You just head over to my website. There's a subscription box on the right. Just give me your name and email and I will email you free memory verse resources for this week and every week for every podcast episode. It's a desktop uh, wallpapers, smartphone wallpapers, and even a printable if you're that, if you're a, a print it and stick it to the bathroom mirror or your rearview mirror in your car, something like that. But if you keep God's word in front of you at all times, it will help you to internalize it and then be able to talk about it later uh, when you are, when you need it most or when somebody else needs it most. So I do that as a gift to all of my subscribers. So subscribe today. And then finally, I really appreciate your reviews on iTunes. They're very encouraging to me. And so if you would take the time to review my podcast, I promise that I will personally take the time to thank you right here on the podcast. So it's an encouragement to me. And also when people see the reviews on iTunes, they can determine that it's a podcast worth listening to. So I really appreciate it. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. My next podcast will be on He Knows My Name by Francesca Battistelli. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 30. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.